everyone, and welcome to the Houston Element Podcast. My name is Missy, and I'm your host. And today, I have the lovely pleasure to sit down with local recording and performing artist and producer, Princeton Scott. How you doing? Good. How are you, man? I'm good. I'm good. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, man. Thank you for having me. It's my first podcast, so I'm excited. Uh, and we're going to try to make this the best experience possible. Right. So when you be doing more podcasts and interviews and stuff, right. it's going to be right as rain. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about yourself, man. How'd you get into this music game, man? Um, I don't know. I just kind of always wanted to do music. So it was just a big part of, I guess, my hobbies. Um, I started playing guitar at like four. So wow. just, mm, I don't know, just always in me. Okay, so you played guitar. Did you play any other instruments growing up? Um, I played like a little bit of piano, a little bit of drums, but guitar is my favorite. Okay, so you had yeah. that rhythm in the soul, man. Yeah. You've been practicing. Something like that. Yeah. We'll that, yeah. Yes, that's wonderful, man. And so what made you want to go into music? What Was it about it like starting off playing instruments or was it something yeah. else that inspired you? Um, definitely the instruments, but also just I feel like I grew up listening to a lot of music all the time and I didn't really see another path I wanted to go in. Um, both of my parents are pretty big entrepreneurs, so I'm not somebody that's gonna do much working for somebody else. Um, so yeah, probably just all of those things. And and I respect that. And uh, that's very fortunate that you had such amazing, strong role models, you right, know. Right. You know, that's incredible. That's how it starts, man. Yeah. And so in your bio on Spotify, it says that you produce and record your own music as well as other artists. So how did you start doing the producing um, of artists and yourself? Uh, I started producing myself just needing beats and needing um, to record myself. So needing to learn how to engineer. Um, and then I moved to California and I went to school out there for audio engineering and met a lot of people that needed know, studio work or beats and just started going from there. That's excellent. And how do you balance being a producer, recorder, performer? I mean, do you have like a schedule kind of thing? You just roll with I it? I feel like for the most part, I roll with it. But if I'm in a session and I'm already producing, I already have my track set up to record. So it's not much back end I have to do. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Templates, 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 y'all. Yeah. <laughs> and so what kind of challenges, if any, did you encounter when you were self-producing or recording? Mm. The biggest thing is trying to find your sound without sounding like other people or just not being afraid to put it out when it's done or when you feel like it's done. Um, yeah, because you can get in your head a lot just being in the studio by yourself. Oh, yeah. And I mean, as artists, you know, whether you're a painter, a singer, you mm -hmm. know, or an engineer, uh, you know, you're always your toughest critic when yeah, you're the artist. Yeah, definitely. You're like, that's, <laughs> that's not good enough. <laughs> but it causes you to push yourself further, you know, yeah, so that's excellent. Definitely. And so what kind of tools do you like to use most when it comes to producing, recording, and or mixing? Mm, favorite tools. I feel like... Honestly, I use everything inside the box, like just on my MacBook. So mm -hmm. FL Studio is just my, my one tool for all. But if I had a little mixer like you had, things would be different. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, even with, you know, like you said, not everybody has 
the the home studio setup. Not everybody has a SSL 48 right. channel, you know, thing. Or the room for that. Exactly. But, you know, what what have you experienced, you know, working with what you got? And you produced some some great stuff, you oh, know what I'm you. saying? Yeah. So, like, what, what would your advice be to those that are, like, saying, like, oh, well, you know, I can't do it because I don't have this or this or that? YouTube, how to do this for free, for one. Two, um, if you think it sounds good, like, don't really worry about the tech part of it. It's usually just a matter of making it sound not distorted and then bringing it to the right level. Nothing else really matters much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, and do you use, like, reference tracks a lot for yeah, things? Yeah, definitely. Find a reference track, something that you don't necessarily want to sound like, but it has the same elements. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Try not to pick, like, two tracks and then reference it for the same song. Right. It's like... Since getting into audio, you know, now you pay attention to listening to music more. Uh, right. If you've experienced that yourself, you know, after completing school, you notice that you've been listening to stuff differently than from before yeah. you studied. Yeah, definitely. Or even just kind of having your ear mature over time. Um, I'll listen to albums that I've listened to maybe 10 years ago. I'm like, I did not notice that harmony or a background vocal or something like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And those subtle little changes, you know, like... uh. I, I don't, you know, as much as streaming platforms are great, you know, you can mm-hmm. miss a lot of the producing that goes in the music yeah. when it goes into other platforms. Have you had experience with that at all? Or do you have uh, ways and tricks to try to make sure all of your masterpiece goes into all media forms? Um, it's tricky for me, but I feel like it's because I only have so many resources doing everything myself. Mm-hmm. But streaming services, you're right. They only stream at a certain quality. It doesn't matter if you, you know, go to a big studio and then, you know, you're kind of going to get what you're going to get unless you buy that record. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just try not to worry about it too much, honestly. I just put it out there. Yeah, yeah. Overthinking can delay the, the artistic aspect, absolutely. Yeah. And so, and have you produced other um, artists uh, in the area or outside the area? Um, Not Really, not for them. I've produced for Isaiah, who you had on here, and Jimmy, who I believe y'all yes. spoke. Yeah, we have two songs, and then we have a mixtape that we worked on together, but I didn't produce a mixtape. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So um, do you have um, admirations? Like, now that you know what you're capable of, do mm. you see yourself doing, like, all three, you know, for the rest of your career? You want to rest? I probably will just because... I, I really enjoy engineering, so I like engineering for other people as well. Um, and like I said, if I'm already producing, the checks are already set up for me to finish the song. So it's not much work to me. And so when it comes to templates, what kind of templates or uh, plugins or setups do you like that you that like it's your go to? Like it's your good foundation yeah. to start with? Um, if I'm doing any kind of vocals, a subtractive EQ and then two compressors, and then uh, EQ at the bottom of that chain for anything I want to add, and then some kind of de-esser at the end. And I just route that to my reverb and my delay, mm-hmm. and that's usually how most songs go. Okay, okay. Now, I'm going to pick your brain on this because I've seen this a lot too, especially at a church I worked at. Okay. You know, they had the two compressors as well, and I hear that's a very— very efficient method. Yeah. So can you explain what is your method with like the double compression? Is it for the same track or? Yeah, definitely for the same track. But I find that if I just use one compressor, it won't 
together, everything it needs together. It's not as solid as I would want to be. So I just put another one on there, which usually adds a lot of high end. So I take that out at the end as well. Okay, so you got like one focusing on low mids and one's focusing on the higher sometimes? Yeah, because I don't really like to use the multiband compressor. It's mm-hmm. a little, I don't understand it. it, it it's tricky. You know, and and I'll, I want to hear your feedback about this. You know, but it's like uh, when, you know, for instance, like we have the gates and we have the DS or things like that. And it's like, you know, we have to get background noise out, but you don't yeah. want to get all your highs out or all your mids out from the person. Mm-hmm. You know, you just want to get that background thing. So that's kind of like what you're doing with the compressors kind of yeah. thing. And honestly, I just I just slide the EQ probably over to like 65, like to roll off instead of 40 or 50. And mm-hmm. it, I mean, I live in an apartment complex and I record there, so mm-hmm. I don't get too much background noise in there. Well, that's wonderful. Thank goodness for that, man. Yeah. So being that you have a studio background as well as a producer engineer and live sound background as a performer, mm-hmm. do you have a favorite environment out of those or are they complement each other? They, I would say they complement each other because if you record something you can't perform, it's probably not the best track. I mean, there's a place for it on the album, but um, I try to think, can I record this live? And if not, I'm taking out words or I'm like restructuring how it's written. Um, just so it translates well in person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there things that you like to do in the studio for yourself versus doing it live and vice versa? Mm, in what way? Uh, is there like maybe a certain kind of a processing like reverbs or delays? Because it's like maybe this verb and delay yeah. sounds great in your apartment, but, you know, in live, in a live setting, it's a different room, different sound. Yeah. I think that when I do a performance track, I just take out my main vocals, which will take um, the routing from my delay and my reverb. So it's, it usually balances out in, okay. in person. Okay. Yeah. And so you sometimes you may uh, make adjustments with like reverb and delays when it comes to different rooms that you may be yeah. doing your performances in. Definitely, yeah. Have you had any specific rooms that you've performed at that you're just like, oh my God, this is the best sounding room I've ever been in? Um, Honestly, we went to the party. The party was... um. Slow at first. It picked up when we left. But we went to this nightclub in San Antonio, and the sound was really, really good. Like, usually can't hear the track as well as the artist performing, but I felt like they were pretty in sync. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's about it, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, and when you find a great room, I mean, it's like finding a great partner. You just want to stick with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, Because <laughs> when I, I picked the mic up, and I expected, I expected it to be real low, and it was hot, and I was like, oh, okay. Okay, okay. Yeah. So when you're performing, obviously, you know, you know, you can do it all, but you can't be the DJ and the performer at the same time. So right. do you have like a specific crew you like to take with you, the specific DJ or things like that? No. No? No. Okay. It's just whoever, whoever's there, they're going to have to take my phone okay. and make it work. Please. Okay. Yeah. Please, please. And thank you. Please just press play. <laughs> Have you ever have, had uh, experiences working with, you know, other DJs or um, other artists that you're performing with and you had to make compromises to make sure the show went on smoothly? Yeah, I did an open mic in Sacramento and it was it was really bad because he wouldn't just press play. He wanted to press play and then move the level up, but it was definitely a song where the level needed to be there. And I didn't know how to explain it without being rude, so... It probably took a good 45 seconds for him to, like, keep restarting the song. At that point, the crowd was disappointed. 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, and, and it's not fair because you guys put so much work into your live performances, as much as, you know, your recording sessions, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So what are the kind of things you like to do to prepare for performance, to do everything you can to try to make sure it comes out idealistically? Mm, Performance-wise, I like to... Honestly, I just kind of stay in the gym so I'm not too winded mm-hmm. during the verse. But like I said, if I write something in the studio and I can't do it in one take, I probably won't put it out there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. <clears throat> and looking at your discography online, you released an EP called Loading and various singles, including Wait, Cherry, Till the Morning, and your latest single, Onyx, that is out now. And each of your songs seem to have their own smooth, relaxing vibe to it. So is there a kind of unique style that you're trying to go for? Or if it's just in the moment, this is what you're feeling and that's what you're inspired by? Um, Mostly in the moment. I like to just kind of go with whatever I'm feeling. Um, But I will say I just want people to be able to listen to things and not have too much of a traumatic experience. Like, you know, there's music that... People put a lot of their, like, things that they went through into, which is, like, really good. But, you know, we need some light stuff, too. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, and you have some songs, you know, that go really deep into it. And I'm going to ask you a question about yeah. that later coming up because it was one of my favorite lyrics before. Okay. So, when you come to songs that may have, like, a more softer kind of, you know, meaning to it, what do you try to do as far as recording and performing to not make it like you said, so detachable, but still keep you in the moment? Um, Just writing about what actually happened because a lot of people have the same experiences or the same emotions attached to the experience. And that's it really, yeah. Okay. All right. I can dig it, man. I can (laughs) dig it, man. And as a producer and as a musician, you have a rare opportunity to understand both sides of the industry. So would you say the best method for a recording uh, is releasing new music? Oh, excuse me. What? Let me rephrase that question. What would you say is the best method for releasing new music? Do you think doing by singles, EPs, albums? Um, a new artist, definitely singles, just because people's attention spans are very short with people they don't have too much attachment to. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say single after single after single and then release those singles as an EP and then release something after that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and even I see, you know, even, you know, artists that are already, you know, self, you know, acclaimed and established, verified on Spotify, they still prefer to like to release those singles, you right. know, things like that. Yeah. You know, uh, is like, um, is it, it, could it be a per reference thing or is it just a, a manner of what you're feeling artistically, you think? Mm, I don't know. Maybe for bigger artists, it might just be more of a strategy. But, I mean, it's a strategy for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, because Spotify picks up on, like, how frequently someone releases music. Mm-hmm. So, um, definitely a strategy for me. But, it, like I said, if I'm not feeling it, then I just won't release music. Which is why I haven't put anything else out. I, I, I No, I feel that, man, because you don't want to put something out. If you can't back it up, how do you expect someone else to back it up? You right. Know? So in your song, Hing's Crib, I'm sorry if I said that wrong. No, I, I kind of, oh, hey. <laughs> um, you say one of my favorite lines. Okay. Not, not the only thing we share is the refrigerator. Oh. Can you please elaborate on that? Because that's just a cold that's, line, man. 
I forget what song that is. It's Frank Ocean. It's a sample from Frank Ocean. Um, yeah, I think that the main thing about that song was he's a gay man. He had a roommate. They're both gay, but I'm pretty sure they weren't out. And just being like, you know, we probably got more in common than you think. And um, I felt like Frank Ocean is a really bold artist to just put his everything on the line like that. Um, so, yeah. I've always, I've always listened to Frank Ocean, so I wanted to... I tie him into every project I do, whether people realize it or not. But, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I mean, and I, I think that's amazing, you know, because you were, what, what maybe born in the 90s, something like that. You, you're, you're a young cat. Oh, yeah. 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 But I mean, and you're sitting here going back 40 years or so, you know, back and you're, but you're bringing it up like fresh juice, you know, like that's <laughs> talent, son. Like, I that's mean, amazing. I just really love music, listening to music specifically. And you said you listened to a lot of different kind of music when you were growing mm. up that helped inspire you. What kind of different genres or specific, uh, like Frank Ocean artists that you'd like to listen to? I listen to anything like, um, let's see, Kings of Leon. I was big on them. I love Michael Jackson live specifically. Having Slash on stage with him is crazy. Um, Nine Inch Nails. I'm trying to think of the bands. Obviously, like Pro Jam, Led Zeppelin. I love Prince, uh, Maxwell, D'Angelo, Jill Scott. I mean, I listen to anything. That's excellent, man. And, and that's great. I listen just about all of them, too, man. Like, I'm right there with you, yeah. man. You know? Sometimes it's just about the mix and not even about the song. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And have you noticed, like, from leaving from school and then getting that education and now doing, you know, a lot of your own projects, have you listened back to any of those particular artists that you really like? And you're like, yeah. holy, I didn't hear like, that at first. I see how they did that now. Yeah. 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 And uh, is there any kind of like uh, techniques from their kind of stuff that that inspires you, like certain delays or verbs or? Yeah, I just got into, I guess, automating a pan on delay, specifically on background vocals. And um, I guess you would call it a peak controller on my reverb just to like shape what's coming out of those um, auxiliary tracks. I get that from The Weeknd mainly in Trilogy. He uses that everywhere and it creates such a dimension in the music that's like man this might not be high-end but i'm tripping right now yeah, yeah yeah and i mean but what what is high-end you know what i'm saying yeah because i think lupe fiasco just put out a album on garage band which is crazy yeah i mean um i don't have the 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 facts to verify this but i've heard the rumor that wu-tang clan recorded an album in a basement with, you know, eggshell, little eggshell things I'm for the sure acoustic. They did. Yeah. And I mean, and look at them. I mean, you, you guys, you don't need an SSL 48 channel to get you it done. You, you really don't. don't. Okay. Well, $100 interface, you'll be good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, and then as you get older, you know, things like that, you might, you know, move up your stuff. Yeah. And so, and you have a TikTok that you've also been sharing some of your videos to promote with music positivity and creativity. And I even seen you do some videos where you're doing a freestyle and you even have a guest DJ and they have their little mixer there. Oh. Can you tell us about that? <laughs> yeah, that's just fun. I feel like um, I don't collab with a lot of producers, so I thought that was a good idea just to um, not be in my own show so much. I like hearing what other people are making. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and you're also be sharing some little tips about your producing and things like that, too, yeah. on there. So how has the feedback been like that so far? 
Um, pretty good. TikTok has a lot, a larger audience. I would say it's not like Instagram where your followers see you, and if your followers don't like it, then nobody else sees it. Um, so I usually get more people that interact with whatever I post on there. Yeah, I remember when TikTok wasn't as popular, but I remember it was a platform mainly in China that was very popular first, and then it came to here. Really? Yeah. So how has your experience been using TikTok um, uh, now for, like, music producing and promotion? Honestly, I, if I didn't have to be on Instagram, I wouldn't be on Instagram. I have maybe 450 followers, um, and I have 90 followers on TikTok, but the reach is so much wider. Uh I feel like more people interact with my songs than just Instagram. And it translates to the streams. Oh, yeah. Now, now that they're using TikTok for streams, I mean, that's just opened the door for so many people. Yeah. It's wonderful. Yeah, it's better. And so on your IG, you shared information about collaborating with other artists in Houston, Wavy Visions, and including Wavy Visions Photography. And you mentioned, you know, worked with Jimmy the Saints yeah. and with Isaiah Underway. Yeah. So do you like to collaborate with other artists in Houston or in general? Yeah, definitely. Um, I went to high school with Shamari, who is the photographer. Uh, so whenever I did come out here when I was living in California, I would just hit him up for a shoot or whatever. But yeah, we definitely got to do something new because it's been a long time. Okay. And I saw, like, you did um, an event at Discovery Green here with that same photographer, too. And how was that? Oh, yeah, that was fun. That was a meetup that he threw, just kind of, like, having everybody come out, photographers or people who wanted pictures, and everybody got free pictures, which is cool. Excellent. Yeah. And so aside from the music aspect and the performing aspect, what are the kind of things do you do to try to network and to put your music forward in front of the fans? Um, Party, go to clubs. I don't really party now, but I would say pre-COVID, just party and go to clubs because, I mean, most of the songs, that's where you would play them, especially Onyx. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> now, one thing that a lot of people, especially coming out of school, you know, think about, they're like, okay, how do I meet people? How do I talk to these people? What would your advice be about that? Just go to places you would usually go to because you're going to meet people that have common interests. And if somebody is, y'all not making good conversation or like this person, we just not clicking, it's probably not somebody you want to do business with. That's understandable. Yeah. And uh, how would you, do you like to present yourself? You like to be just honest in yourself kind of thing? Or do you have like an artist kind of persona that you like to give a little flavor to? No, I've, I'm just going to show up as me because you're going to be disappointed if, you know, I fall short of that. Understandable, understandable. Yeah. And so speaking of the parties and showing up to events things, you recently talk, talked about going to the Henny Festival, the Henny Thing Festival, excuse me, on the 4th of July weekend. Yeah. How was that? I didn't go to the Henny Thing Festival, but we went to the Dizzard Nightclub. Dizzard, Dizzard Nightclub recently, and that was fun. That okay, was fun. okay. Yeah. And have you had a lot of um, opportunities meeting these people, uh, going to those kind of venues and things? Anyone that you particularly were happy to meet? I feel like I was happy to meet um, the people at the nightclub on Sunday just because even Isaiah, we have been messaging for like a year, never met before. Still haven't met Jimmy, but just everybody in the Takeover Collective, I was excited to see. 
That's wonderful. Yeah. And now, what would you say? Like, you, you, you got the personality thing. You got the charisma. Obviously, you're not <laughs> shy. You. Of course. You know, you can go on stage. You can go in the studio, do your thing. What would you say helps you to make yourself comfortable no matter who you're in front of, especially with communication? Mm. Just because I feel like if you really just who you are, not lying about who you are to yourself, it's not really hard to show up. Yeah. 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 I, I feel that. And like me, like I have to learn to not be a chatty Cathy, you know what I'm saying? I have to learn to let uh, people talk. No, you should talk. And if people don't like that, then don't hang out with them. Okay. But I might not be. No, 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 no. Y'all, y'all hit the rewind and you listen to that again. Okay. Hit the rewind and listen to that again. Okay. Okay. Take notes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Write on your phone. I don't care. <laughs> Tattoo it on your eyelids. I don't care. <laughs> With you a professional. Said you said it, not me. <laughs> All right. And so, um, and what other things do you kind of do to try to prepare for like the creative aspect when you're writing your music, when you're getting to your performance and your studio things? Do you have like a, is it about the same kind of process for preparing or it depends mm. on the situation? Probably depend on the situation. As far as studio stuff goes, uh, I had a professor. I don't remember his name because I didn't finish the class. But he basically said, whenever you have an idea, you need to do something with it. Like an idea in passing is what I'm saying. So if you have a melody, like immediately put that in your voice memo because it'll train your brain to just always be on go creatively. So if I sit down at a computer now, I took that class maybe two years ago. Something's going to, you know, happen just because I feel like it's a certain stream of creativity that he forced us to have. Mm -hmm. um, but performing, um, I mean, if you make sure that you're comfortable in what you're wearing, then you're usually good to go. And knowing your lyrics to your songs. 100%, 100%. And being that you have the educational background as well, you know, and now you're going on and you're learning new stuff and things like that. Have you noticed, like, have you learned more outside of school? There's stuff that you learned in school that you still use to this day? There's a lot of things I learned in school that I still use to this day. And I feel like I'm, if I would have picked any other major, I wouldn't be able to say that. But the engineer that I studied under really put us in a lot of like tough situations, like you have a five-piece band and you need to figure it out. Like you got drums, guitar, a bass, two vocalists, and you need to all have them in one room and record them at the same time. You got 30 minutes. And he would do that maybe twice a week. So I think that now being able to either record myself or other artists, it's really easy to just take what I learned and apply it to different situations and not being afraid to do whatever in the moment. 100%, and, you know, because they say you don't need a degree or nothing, but it certainly helps. It helps. You don't need it, but it streamlines some things, yeah. Indeed. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It was a good conversation. I appreciate it, man. Do you have any last bit of advice for the listeners? Um, I would say if you didn't go outside, then go outside, drink some water. That's about it. Yes, for the love of God, may men bring a 24-pack with you. Okay. It's hot in Texas. It's so hot. <laughs> okay, bring a canopy, an umbrella, something, wear a hat, um, you know, all that. sunscreen, all that stuff. Thank you. Well, thank you, man, and thank you guys for joining us this week. 
And we will talk to you guys next week. All right. Peace. Peace.